Yeah, man. Three, two, one. All right. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Should do old boy Kong, man. We out here in uh, Olathe, Kansas, man. And uh, we are doing the first in-person interview for our In The Moment network. In The Moment. Yeah, here. with the homie uh, Flair the Rebel. Appreciate being here, man. No man, doubt. I appreciate you coming, man. I know it was a little stretch because you was out there what, way up north, right? I, I guess comparatively speaking, yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't often come to uh, Olathe, but yeah. this is where the, the spot heavy is. streets of Olathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think what I knew about Olathe was the uh, that car commercial back in the day, and Olathe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's like my Kansas City, Missouri bias. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? okay, okay. But honestly, I'm like, well, if if old boys in Olathe, then. Olathe must be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, I, I grew up out here, man. So we we just I don't know. We always in and out uh, from Wyandotte over here. We really didn't stretch to the Missouri side too much until we got older. Yeah, until we could like start going clubbing and stuff like that. Well, that's that's the interesting thing about it, right? It's like, I mean, there, there's there, there's that divide. Yeah. You know, culturally and regionally, there's a lot of connections. Yeah. But there's a lot of bias. Tension too. Yeah. There's a lot of bias. I mean, I, bias. I so like when I when I travel. You know, I mean, I, I was born in Brooklyn, but Kansas City is home. Like, mm-hmm. I was only in Brooklyn for, like, you know, my baby years, three years. Mm-hmm. But uh, family, you know, brothers born in Brooklyn, parents born there. Mm. And so it was it was almost like being raised in the Midwest by a family of New Yorkers. Mm. And so I grew up saying different things. Like, I didn't say pop. I said soda. Oh, okay, you know, okay. I didn't say sneakers. I said tennis shoes. Did y'all go back to visit? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, like, yeah. That's like a common thing to go back and forth over. Yeah, yeah. We we went back a few times, but you know, but so, but but I say that because when I would go back to visit New York, yeah, people would ask me about Kansas City. They said, "Oh, I guess it's just all about like milking the cows out there." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Nah, man, I never milked a cow," <laughs> you know. And and for I I feel like for the for the Kansas Cityans on the Missouri side, we held this like uh, this tension of. Of we were getting that because of Kansas. We yeah. almost blamed the Kansas side for like Dorothy and Farms. That's so funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and people like looking, you know, over over Kansas City, Missouri because of that Kansas connection. Yeah. Which is it's probably not fair. I mean, there's plenty of farms in Missouri too. Yeah. Right. Like it's not that different. Yeah. But you, there was an unnecessary tension. I will say that. Yeah, that's still like going on now. Uh-huh. And then, but honestly, like learning more about just just. I mean, you know, the dot, like, meeting people from com and being like, okay, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, what are the differences? I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what the differences are, to be honest with mm. you. Like, I mean, I think that's the thing. I think the differences were, uh, were just created. Mm. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, there's still some of the same systemic issues. Yeah, you know, for sure. When you look at some of the places that, you know, we grew up in and the environments that we're in and... Uh, some of the barriers that were, you know, placed there, mm-hmm. you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you know, what yeah. I mean? like there's a lot of the same, same stuff. I think that we just grew up thinking there was a difference, mm. you know, you know? Mm. but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is, you know, the, the major sports teams were on the Missouri side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I go to Wichita, people in Wichita are like, yeah, the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Like, I always feel weird about it. I don't watch sports like that, but it's like, it was like. Damn, y'all ain't got another team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I can even I can go into the whole history of it. Like, you know, because I, I kind of nerded out because I had to. Because I had to yeah. defend that side of it. Yeah. And the fact that, like, Kansas was named after 
Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But yeah. it doesn't really matter, to be honest. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, I'm here in Olathe and I'm having a good this time. It's good, though, because, you know what, I think people know, like, you know, sometimes artists would come and they'll be like, thank you, Kansas. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. up, like you know, that type of thing. So and pe- I think people feel the tension, but they don't know the difference. Well, too. so, okay, so you tell me, I would love to know your perspective since you came up on the Kansas side. Because when, when people on the Missouri side, I really feel like we get so tense about it because we feel like our identity is being stolen. Yeah. Like, you know, we live in Kansas City, Missouri. That is a thing for us. So when people call us Kansas, it's almost as if we don't exist. Yeah. I think that we get upset about that. That's funny because I feel like maybe the, the Kansas side feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Kansas gets swept on the road because all the cool things are in the, the city. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But it's yeah. like everything we do is like it's it, it's intertwined. You know what I mean? It's like right. we're only a bridge over. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I don't. I mean, you know, and I, I probably thought some offensive stuff about it because I remember seeing a shirt. You know, Kansas City loves his T-shirts. Yeah. And it was a, it was a shirt that was like. Uh, it was too much city for one state. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, only someone from Kansas would wear that. <laughs> like Missouri is not claiming they're Kansas. They're not claiming it. They're not claiming it, you know? They're not claiming it. And honestly, like, I had to check myself. I'm like, man, like, I need to get over it. That's funny. Yeah, so I need how, to get over it. how did that affect uh, your music stuff then? Like, did you do Kansas shows or whatever starting out? Like, how, how did... Oh, well, you, you kind of had to because there was such a dope scene. Uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, mm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, undeniable. Coming up, yeah. you know, you you knew that you wanted to get on in Kansas City, but I mean, when I was coming up, I mean, I was looking up to cats like you know, Approach and Mac Lethal, so and they were really killing it on the Kansas scene. Yeah. So we saw it as like we wanted to have a dope show in Lawrence, Kansas. Mm. You know, so there was always that that respect. Did y'all kill shows in Lawrence? Like, a- yeah, we had a couple of shows in Lawrence. What venues were y'all hitting up over there? Man. I'm 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 trying I I'm trying to think about which ones it were. It was it was so far back in the day. I have to think on, on that, that. They aren't open no more. Or no, I I think maybe some of them were. I want to say like one replay. was like. I is mean, replay is is historic. Um, yeah. it we may have rocked that one, but I want to say one with gas, you know Gaslight you... ta- Tavern was that like. I don't know if that was what it was called, but I'm not sure. And then what's what's there was like a really big one that was like. Granada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock we, yeah. We opened up for someone at the Granada. What? Yeah, that's a lot. That's like yeah. a local dream right there. Yeah, man. it's yeah. like Granada's like the spot, man. That's probably one of the biggest venues you could rock out in. Uh, right, right. Kansas. I mean, you know, I don't think we had a giant crowd or anything. But it don't matter, man. It was a dope spot. But that—that's the thing about performing. And you understand this? It's like when you get on stage, it doesn't matter how big the crowd is, right? Yeah. Like when we would go on tour back in the anti-crew days, you know, my my band before I started going solo. Uh-huh. <clears throat> We had this whole thing about it was we would go on tour and I, I mean, honestly, sometimes it'd be like five people in the crowd mm. and then you go to the next spot and it's like a hundred people. Yeah. And we had this, me and my bass player, uh, Cambo at the time, we would just look at each other and we just, we would say, we're going to wild the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> the five people were like, yeah, they heard your thoughts. Yeah. yeah it, did, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And, and if it was a small show, we would, we would interact with the crowd and be like, this is an intimate vibe right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all about positioning. But the, the thing about it was, it's like, if it was a small crowd, I almost felt more indebted than if it was a large crowd mm-hmm. because it really, it really makes you understand that they don't have to be there. Yeah. They literally don't have to be there. Mm. And if if a hundred people show up, dope. If five people show up, then I'm gonna treat those five people as if there's a hundred people. Yeah, man. But why not? Yeah. They're there. And they're in tune, man. There's five there's no distractions. No. And I <laughs> yeah, and five. I've seen 
I mean, I mean, no, no disrespect to other artists, but I remember being on tour, and it was it was some college town in uh, Illinois, and uh, it was it was two bands. It was it was Anti Crew and another group, and there was this debate about who was going to go on first, mm. and they said they wanted to go on after us. They wanted us to open. Mm-hmm. That's like a. Uh... That's like an amateur thing. Like everybody wants to go last. Yeah, everyone that's wants like to go last. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so we were just like, cool, because yeah. we were thinking, okay, this isn't our town. Maybe you have more draw. And so we 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 went on and we did some promotion. I remember we got on like the the college radio at the time or whatnot, and we had a decent crowd. I mean, it, it wasn't packed, but it was yeah. it was a good enough crowd that like like I literally like uh, I stage dive, but it was like an amateur stage dive. <laughs> okay. Where it was like you don't like you don't just jump full it's throttle. Stage drop. <laughs> it's more of like, okay y'all, I'm coming. I'm coming. And then they just, you know they, they pick you up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I still haven't did that. I don't, I don't dare at this weight. I don't know if I would <laughs> No. It was good. So but here's the thing though. So so we did that. We had a great crowd and then there were some people in the Is show. Is there any footage of that stage dive though? Yes, I have a photo. Dude, you gotta that. share that. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely guess, have a photo of that. that. Yeah. And um, afterwards, you know, there were some people, because this was like a college town, so they're yeah. like, oh, yo, we're having this after party. And the people in the crowd were vibing. They really, really enjoy what we were laying down. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, well, let's go to the party. The party took everyone out of the venue. Oh, shit. Like, I'm not even joking. There were literally, for the, for the, for the headliner, yeah. there were two people left in that audience. Oh, man. So, so here's the, that's cringy, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. So the two people in the audience. We're at the after party. Those two people show up at the after party. And I look at them like, what happened to the show? And they're like, we, we just left. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that uh, one, it was a reminder of like humility. Yeah. Because they wanted to go on last. Mm. You know? But I also just really felt fortunate because yeah. uh, I could have been on the receiving end of that. Yeah. You know, like I, I look at that moment and I'm not even like talking trash in that other band. I'm looking at that moment saying like that could have been me. Yeah. Right? And you just can't take this for granted. So you have to treat every single person as if as if it's a million people. You got to mm. give them that energy because they'll give it back and they'll respect it. You got to respect them for that. Oh, for sure. Man. Yeah. 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 So you said that was a, which band was that? What group was that? So that was Anti-Crew. And uh, I remember Matt bringing up uh, Sage and Sour. Were you not part of that? No, no, yeah, yeah. That before, or after Anti-Crew? that was after that was after. So, so yeah, Matt Matt Peters, aka Matt Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's the homie. I mean that's that's like, kind of how we, that's how we linked. That's him, how we linked because right? he was an know? engineer at a studio, and then he kept telling me about you for years. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, when I first met you. Um, I didn't expect him. He's like, yo, man, this is the homie, uh, Jeff. Because he's always talking about Jeff in the studio on rap songs. And I just, I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, Jeff, Jeff. And see, Jeff's like, his energy, <laughs> just your energy is like, it is not a rapper energy. You're it's so not cool. A rapper energy. No, you're so cool. You like, you chill. You like, you know, you, you calculate the room. You like kind of, you don't even talk. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. I don't think I talked to you until like the third or fourth time we met, man. Well, and um, I some people uh, pig me as shy because of that. Yeah, and I couldn't read you. It's not. It's. Not, I, I actually don't think that I'm a shy person. I. I am actually an, uh, that introvert extrovert, whatever yeah. that combo is. Yeah. I know it sounds like a cop out, but I'm yeah. literally both. You know. No, I know what you mean. Um, and it's like I can vibe with you because it's one on one. Yeah. But if it's if it's us in the crowd, it was definitely us in the crowd. I think you came to one of the shows or something. So I'm just not because I'd rather connect with someone one on one. Yeah. Right. Unless if I'm the center of the tension, then I need to uh, 
almost need to feel like I'm prepared to be that. Like yeah. I'm not just gonna like jump in there. So I'll just like I'll just like just chill in the cut and I'm I'm listening. Did you listen it that right there? That's all you did. Whenever when I first met you, you smiled and you was just listening. But I don't even remember your voice. But you <laughs> like, but I don't you know, remember the thing about it is is I was I was paying so much attention and this is the thing. So mm. I I later, as you know, invited you to be on one of my songs, mm-hmm. invited you to perform at my show. And I want you to know that all of that came from that moment. Mm. When when you were like, this dude's not talking, I was I was paying attention. Yeah. And I saw you on stage. I saw how you moved the crowd. Yeah. I saw the people that showed up for you. And I was like, oh boy's got talent. Yeah, and then I, I was like, that. I was like, I, I want to work with him. But when I do, I want to come correct. Yeah. So literally, That's like I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm I'm plotting. Yeah. I'm plotting. I see. You yeah, connected that. Rolled out the game plan later. You know what's on. funny? Uh, the, that first record, uh, the fuck with me. Yeah, yeah right. Because yeah. you had reached out to me about that before. Right. And uh, I was, I'm not gonna lie, man. I was low key intimidated because <laughs> when I heard you spit, I said, "This month, because like this show, ain't the dude I no, met." Because <laughs> no, Bob had showed me that beat like months ago, and I, I loved the beat, but I just didn't know how to come off one. I didn't know what to... Sure. It's advanced, you know what sure. I mean? The role was different. Yeah. Even for you, like you said, that wasn't really your style. Well, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a traditional, like, 4-4, you know, beat yeah. or rhyming pattern. Uh-huh. And literally, it was it was uh, Bob challenged me. He was like, I want to make a song with more of, like, a 3-4 pattern. Man, you, know? you killed that thing. And man. when Matt played that for me in the studio, it was like, yeah, man, you should get on a verse. Hell no! <laughs> I like... <laughs> What am I supposed to do with that, bro? <laughs> well, I mean that. Tough. Yeah, fuck me is a, is a dope track. Yeah, uh, and it's like it's one of those things that you know, as my music is more popular, that kind of predates some of the stuff that's on the rise now. Mm. Like that was never on the radio, but it was never actually intended to be on the radio. Mm. I kind of remember myself thinking, if I'm about to come back, I want to hit, I want to hit something hard. Yeah, and then and then do something later. So that was kind of my just that's just like raw first MC single, right? Yeah, I mean, since since Anti Crew, you know, and, and we were talking about, you know, Matt Peters, a.k.a. Matt Phoenix. I mean, we came up, you know, uh, met at Lincoln College Prep, Kansas City Public Schools, and and formed the group Anti Crew. Uh, originally, it was called Anti, well, Antipode, but that's weird. No one knows what that means. Yeah, that was, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> it's it's like that. two opposites coming together. Ah, that's kind of dope. It was like a uh, a magical spell in yeah. a role playing game called Chrono Trigger. Okay, okay. It's like Whoa. super super Hold on, here. No, no. Anyway, so you understand how long that took me I to see, break it down? I see. And we said, let's just call it anti crew. But th- it tells you so much about you guys. No, <laughs> no. This was us playing video games, listening. Yeah. Listening to Buster Rhymes and Tribe Called Quest. Now, is this you know? the same school that uh, Ryan from uh, Ryan Marquez Belief Cycle? Yeah, from Belief Cycle, uh, and and you know, and Bob Pulliam. Like we all met at Lincoln. Wasn't it like a? Was that the one that was like a performing arts school or something like that? No, that that would be Paseo. Oh, okay. Um, Lincoln was just like I don't know. I mean, people would just call us nerd, nerdy kids. But you know what, man? Like. I'm always, even to this day, every time I meet a new friend of you guys, it's like, another talented motherfucker, like, what the hell was in the water over there? Like, I know you, this is such a, it's crazy, it's mind-blowing. Like, in my yeah. circle, I'm probably, well, now, uh, there's another rapper homie, I mean, shout out White Poppy. But anyways, um, my ho- my homies didn't play music like that. Yeah. And you guys yeah. just got a whole crew of, like, musicians, video guys, graphic guys, or, you know what I mean, painters, like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Well, you know, 
Paseo was the uh, you know the more of the performing arts artistic school, um, but Lincoln had a lot of that too. Mm. You know, and you know myself, it's like I have some artistry in my my heritage. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and my parents both brought me up on you know uh, just a lot of variety when it came to music. Um, just just there were no barriers to expressing myself as an artist. Mm. And you see that in my brothers. I mean, mm-hmm, my older mm-hmm. brother, you know, Phil Schaefer, psych style, yeah. dope muralist. Yeah, it's crazy um, setup, man. Yeah, you know, my, my middle brother, Joel Schaefer, who, you know, Tsunami is this film that just got in, like, you know, multiple Damn, film festivals. Y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then even my younger brother off after that, Davis, he's out in L.A. on just a music management tip. You know what I'm Damn. saying? So, he, so he's doing his thing, too. Um, but all of that kind of molded into... Like we want to make sure that what we uh, what we do is aligning with our passions, and what we work is also aligning with that too at the same time. Mm. So, so back to the the anti crew tip, you know, that's what me and Matt formed. Um, we went to Chicago, and uh, it was just me and him. It was it was just me and Matt, and we would uh, enter into these battle of the bands. Wait, before y'all went out there, was it like one of the things like, dude, let's just. Let's take a leap of faith kind of deal, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, we for some reason, we saw Chicago as, like, that's, that's just where to go to make it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess it's just Midwest, and it was a big city, and I just mm. I wanted to get back to a big city. And we knew some people up Who there. Who was a big artist popper from Chicago during that time? Oh, uh, Typical Cats uh, was a really, really dope underground, like, you know, you know group. Um, and then when, when we were there, I mean, we always paid homage to Common. I mean, mm-hmm. like Common was obviously way bigger at that time. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, rec- we recognized that, you know, and that was when Kanye was first starting to come up. Mm-hmm. So Chicago was starting to be just a, a, a thriving scene. And it's always been a thriving scene. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, there was a lot of connectivity there. And uh, but it was just me, my, you know, me and Matt. Matt was the DJ. You know, he rapped a little bit. He played a guitar a little bit. But it was just two people. Mm-hmm. And we would enter these battle of the bands, mm-hmm. and then we would lose because we didn't have a band. Mm. <laughs> it was just two of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Columbia College, Chicago, my roommate was a bass player. Matt's roommate was a guitar player. You know, mm. we, we had a homie that introduced us to a drummer, and then we formed Anti-Crew. And then, you know, that ended up breaking up. And then that's when, you know, back to your original point, Sage and Sour, mm. that's when Matt did Sage and Sour. Ah. And they had, they had a lot of success in Kansas City. And then fast forward to that, it was almost like when I moved back to Kansas City from Chicago and started connecting with a lot of my homies from back in the day mm-hmm. at Lincoln, mm. we started creating this this whole vibe. Because like you said, <clears throat> we all had, you know, artistry in us. Yeah. And so that's when I got back with Matt, got back with Bob, Ryan Marquez, and then we formed a music collective called Woodland Ave, mm. which is the street that Lincoln College Prep sits on. So... Cause I know I just heard some Woodland F. Uh, I edited one of the videos for you, right? With the, uh, my country loves his guns. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is on YouTube now. Yeah, but yeah, um, child's play. That so yeah. so how long has that group been together? Cause that's the first record I heard or even heard of anything of Woodland F. I mean Woodland F. I mean just came together. I mean two months ago. You know, oh, okay. Like, like like on an official tip. Wow. And so that that song, um, child's play, uh, which was our um, submission to NPR's Tiny Desk. Okay. which we performed at Black and Brown Bookstore. That was kind of our introduction to 
this is the Woodland Ave Collective, mm. you know. And I, I need to also shout out my wife, yeah, uh, Lauren Williams, who's on the stand-up bass. Yeah, she in that. killed it. And she's officially a part of the Woodland Ave crew. Like, okay, <laughs> she did not meet us at Lincoln College Prep. She's yeah. not from Kansas City, but yeah. she is part of. Does she know that though? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, she, she she'll maneuver like it's like it's all love. You know what I'm saying? Like she knows she knows the streets, but yeah, no, but she she brings that whole other vibe and energy to it. Yeah, you know. What I mean, she she gets funky on the bass. Bro, like, she stood out the most because of the uh, just the standing just, bass. Just the yeah. stand-up bass. Yeah. yeah. I was like, dope. Yeah. Dude. And she Y'all brings her inspirations. Like, you know, I grew up on Wu-Tang. She grew up on Jamiroquai. Oh, man. And it just, it, it infuses in some yeah. type of way. You know? Man, I think, even editing that video, like, my niece walked in my room. She's 13 years old. And when she heard the uh, My Country Love, she told me to send her a clip of that video. Just because she's like, she was singing that. She was yeah. walking around singing that joint. I was like... That's crazy. It's like, funny how, so what you're describing, at least what I'm hearing, is yeah. that it's catchy. It's catchy. Which off is tops. Sure, I, I mean, I, I try to write catchy things, but yeah. it's like a refrain of My Country Loves His Guns. Yeah. It's kind of dark. Yeah, right? it is. And yes, yet it's catchy. But I, I think that's kind of the point. Like, and that, that part of the song was just something I threw together. It was Bob that was like, yo, this is a part of the song that needs to be mm. amplified a little more. Mm. He really mm. captured that. And so we, we we took it and flipped it, and hopefully we created a vibe where it's like it catches your attention, but then you understand the message of it. You know what? I'm a gun lover, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm just telling you, the homies just over there doing their thing. Yeah. But even as a gun lover, when I was peeping it, you know what I mean? It made me think about certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The perspective, like, oh, snap. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of depth to this. There's things going on, like yeah. even because you you talked about it from like a student's point of view, and you know what I mean, like yeah, it, it yeah. was it was some de- it's deep, man. It's it's a deep record, and and yeah. y'all just jammed the fuck out in pocket, <laughs> like you guys was just like it was just on point, man. And you know what? I, it's so important that you guys are all in sync to. It's almost like Power Rangers or like a Captain Planet crew when our powers combine. <laughs> yeah, like in order to convey the message, y'all yeah. gotta be in pocket. Because had one person been off. Uh, that that's what would have stood out like yeah man I'm next person right you know what i mean right, but right you guys all brought it so yeah, yeah, yeah you guys were able to convey that message man i hope more people tune in to that man and uh i hope to see it more live too man. sure sure well i i appreciate that um especially as you know you yourself as a gun owner mm-hmm. it's like we can still have that conversation about guns in our country yeah we and need to and, it, and it's not in a way that's uh divisive you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because you you would look at you and me and obviously someone on the other side might be like they would never be able to have a good conversation about this yeah and yet and yet we're able to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i i appreciate that and uh power of music you know man. yeah hopefully that song brings more connectivity than um than dividing you know mm-hmm. Yeah, yo, I gotta ask you this too, man, and you tell me if it's like too much or whatever, because I I was talking to Belief Cycle about this, about how like when you guys did part ways, um, on Anti Crew, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and then to to come back and then years later, um, to form Woodland Ave, like, was there patchwork that needed to be done between like friends and yeah? Because you yeah. know, even even with the music, we start out with certain people, or we have we all have different expectations. Even creatively, we clash a lot, right? And there's a lot of ego involved. And right, like, right. what was that process like? Like from boys to men, you know? Sure, sure. You know, and and women, and like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all all of it. You know, um, honestly, like you should you should get Matt on here to talk about his perspective too. Oh, for sure. You know, he's be, on the list. Yeah, yeah, he's on I I literally, yo, Matt Phoenix, I, your name is on <laughs> yeah, the list. Yeah, you got to come out. <laughs> literally um to get his perspective cuz I can only share from my perspective. No, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I would say that like, yeah, when when we broke up as a band, 
um, there were tensions with our friendship, you know, and he moved from Chicago back to Kansas City. Yeah. Started his own band. But despite tensions, like, like that's my brother. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like we, we grew up together. And I think at the end of the day, it was our love for each other that brought us back. For sure. Like it was like, no matter what issues we may have had, like it, it, it did not matter. We mm-hmm. knew each other so much. We had so much love for each other yeah, man. that it just, it just came back naturally. Mm. And you always have, I think it's important in relationships, uh, you need cheerleaders, right? Mm. You need people on the sidelines that root for you. Mm. And I think there are a lot of people that were rooting for me and Matt. Mm. And two of those people... Ryan Marquez and Bob Pulliam. Mm. These were two people that stayed in contact. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back, I mean, especially Ryan Marquez, he was like, he, he, he was the person that was like, this is what we should have always been doing. Mm. You know? And Bob Pulliam, I mean, he kept me and Matt connected. Yeah. So then, so to your question about like, did we have to mend anything? I don't, I don't really think so. Mm. It, it really felt natural. And, you know, truth be told, Anti-Crew continued on mm. without Matt. And Matt did his thing with Sage and Sour. Mm. And we had a beautiful moment <clears throat> when Anti-Crew was on stage. And we got to uh, perform mm. with Sage and Sour mm. at the Beaumont Club in Westport, which is now Charbar. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. that, and, that, and that was a beautiful moment. So it, it, it never felt like we had to mend anything it was like we wow, just so rolled back into it when you guys did part ways though like what did that do to you artistically like oh when matt left yeah it's just because i know you know he, he's he's kind of like he was everything yeah he was everything <laughs> so when matt left i was like damn i gotta find a guitar player a turntablist mm. a singer mm. a beat producer a mm. sound engineer you know the yeah. list goes on and on he, yeah he did everything and um there was a point where i was trying to replace that Mm. Like I literally went and found an extra guitar player, found an extra singer, mm. extra this, extra that, and I realized that like uh, there was actually no replacing Matt. Mm-hmm. We just had to continue on as a different band. Mm. It's almost like when the Chiefs gave up Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think we're still going to be competitive, but we're going to be a different team. Yeah. And we have to embrace that we're different. Mm. And that's when we actually got good. We had we had some of our biggest shows. I mean, we opened for Nappy Roots. We opened for, you know, the RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. Damn. And we had some really dope shows when we embraced that, like, we're just a different group now. Yeah. And we have, we have to own that. Yeah. And I actually started collaborating. I mean, you know, go back to Ryan Marquez and the Belief Cycle. That's how I got connected to uh, Drew. Mm-hmm. Because he, at the time he was a Mantilla, sound, right? yeah, Drew Mantia. Yeah. He was a sound engineer in Chicago, mm. you know. So I started connecting with him. But so were you recording with him? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, I okay. actually, I actually have some tracks in the vault that I've never released. Okay, that I actually recorded with Drew back in the day. You were chasing perfection. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. We <laughs> yeah, talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there was no, there was no replacing Matt. We just had to embrace a different vibe. Like we literally had like a different singer on stage once. Yeah. You know, we had like a different guitar player, and it, just, it feels it's so just, ugly. Like I know, like, yeah, I just yeah. put myself in that shoes. Like, ooh, that transition. No, no, it wasn't. And it, but, but what it allowed was uh, other members of the band to step up because me and Matt had great, you know, banter back and forth. Yeah. And so what I learned was like my bass player Cambo at the time, mm-hmm. like he had that energy, he had that vibe. Yeah, he stepped up. And he became this person. And there's so many different like evolutions. There's so many people that knew Anti Crew with Matt. So many people that knew Anti Crew without Matt. Yeah. You know, and then and then now it's like Flair the Rebel is his own thing. Mm-hmm. And then with Woodland Ave, 
it's so natural to have Matt back on stage. Yeah. Like, what, honestly, like, when I started to perform again, I was like, I just, I miss Matt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, you, now that we in Kansas City, get back on stage. That, and we, we revolving off each other. You that, know? That, that's, that's, the, that's one thing I brought up uh, with Ryan, um, <clears throat> or the belief cycle in general, was I'm always, uh, even talking to Ryan for the first time, the level of awareness, even hanging out with you guys individual, you, Bob, Matt, um, Y'all got like this mature energy, like I wish I had because I damn near fell out with like different music clicks or whatever. Like we always go through ups and downs, yeah. And it's always yeah. like we kind of just ignore each other, and just go on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah. you guys, you guys got like this glue, man, this bond or this knowledge of like it's bigger than that. You know what I mean? That this is just like the music is something we do, but you guys have this bond that's like unbreakable, man. And, and well, when you say mature. when you say it's bigger than that, I think that's what we've always fell into because mm. we've all had tension but we understood that our relationship our love for each other our potential is bigger than any issues that we might have so mm. i don't know what it is and it, it's not like i haven't fallen out with people myself like yeah. i'm not just this you know person that just creates these bonds that stick around for a lifetime with everyone like yeah. that's not that's no, not no, for sure it's, that's it, not what it is, human, you know? man. Yeah, yeah 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 but but for for this group of people um we have been able to maintain that's for sure that's what's up man what are some advice that that you could give to people that are coming up in music together or just coming up in music in general and the type of things that they would encounter yeah that would yeah. potentially kind of break you know inspiration well you know i i think that um i learned a really good lesson from my mom's and it's like if someone is uh struggling mm-hmm. uh check yourself not to take it personal mm. they might be dealing with something that you don't see Mm. and so the way that she broke it down was like let's say if you and i were supposed to go out to the movies yeah and you're like yo i can't make i got i i I got the flu yeah i wouldn't be like man fuck old boy (laughs) you know what i'm saying we're talking about this movie right right i'd be like dude's got the flu you can't make it you know (laughs) yeah So, so sometimes when your friends when your people uh don't do the things that you expect them to do. Uh-huh. Understand there could be some things underneath that they're going through. Yeah, and don't take that personal because mm. when because when people don't show up, it might be a sign that they are going through some really dark times. Mm. So that that's my first tip that I had to learn. Yeah, right is like do not judge people off the bat because you don't know what they're going through. Mm. And then also be be okay with uh, embracing different lanes. Like if you feel like you're working with someone on the artist side and you feel like you're stuck in the box. Like, it's okay to branch out and work with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be able to say, like, this isn't working. I'm going to go do this. You go do that. And then to be quite honest, you might find yourself in that same lane again, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's okay to branch out. Like, don't don't think that branching out is a diss to your homie. That mm-hmm. is like, I am in a different artistic mode. Yeah. Let me go off and do this. And truth be told... Don't be surprised if you find yourself back because yeah. because evolution is not just this linear thing. I mean, mm. it's a cycle. Mm. It, it, it it revolves and comes back around. Finger snappers. <laughs> <laughs> now 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 that you got that in pocket, right, and you understand that, what are some things that you feel um, you struggle with if you're comfortable sharing this sure. now, like pursuing music now? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm at a stage now where it's like. Uh, I want to be very picky with the shows that I pick mm. because, you know, I, I think that this is a real thing for most artists is like you get to a point where you're promoting shows and it's like, are you promoting shows, a.k.a. begging your friends to show up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a little bit of both in that. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I'm at a stage where 
Um, yes, I will have a show where it's like I'm going to be calling people like, yo, come through, come through, you yeah. know. And that and that's fine because I don't have a problem saying I think you should show up yeah. because I believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I know if you show up, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have no problem telling people like, hey, yeah. man, you, sh you should buy this ticket to this show. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, it's like uh, when I look at myself as an artist, I, I am also trying to find avenues where that is not the make or break factor. Mm. Like where can I get on where I'm collaborating or partnering with a certain event or certain avenue where there's either a built-in audience or it's not all on me just to bring every single person mm -hmm. out. Because I can bring every single person out and have a packed show, but I, I mean, I'm looking at my brand and I'm looking at my longevity. Mm -hmm. I can't be doing that like every week. Yeah. I can't be like, oh boy, you came out last Saturday. <laughs> hey, let's do it again next I weekend. Definitely been there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I, I do want to spread myself out and kind of make it a, you know, make Flair the Rebel a demand where it's yeah. like, oh shit, like Flair the Rebel's performing. Yeah. And like, I'm going to show up because, like, I know this is going to be a good time. I know what it's worth. I know yeah. the value of it. And I didn't just, like, go to it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and people are showing up for the music, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not just for, because, you know, when you do call your family and friends, sometimes they don't even like the music. They just want to come for you. you sure. I mean? sure. I, I, sure. I kind of went through something like that, too, where it's like, I, and I hate to make people feel like I don't appreciate them and mm -hmm. their support but it's like yo if you're not into the music don't come out yeah you don't <laughs> like, have to you no don't like, have to. like I don't want you to feel like you giving up something to show up just to be there for me like nah man like yeah. it's, I want it to be about the music like, and I, I want to appreciate this conversation mm. because your network in the moment of uh -huh. like talking to folks that are like on the rise yeah. you know like this is a conversation that I don't think a lot of people will have like mm. a real conversation about yeah. the fact that like we will do shows beg people to come out there's a level of vulnerability to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the most beautiful thing is I, I, I don't want people to get tripped up and say like, oh, I love it when someone shows up and I don't know them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's dope. Yeah. But like you can't front on the people that have been showing you up. Can't. You no, can't. Man. And you can't front on family and friends. No. no. Like, I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, and I've learned this as I've, I've, I've gotten older. Like you put out those, uh, you know, for show entertainment merch. Yeah, I probably could have been like, "Yo, let me get one of those." Yeah, what I do? You purchase? I, I didn't even know I, you. I didn't even know you bought one until yo, I saw the video. Yeah, and you had a hoodie on. I said, "Oh, snap. right, right." Yeah. I, I said, "I want to support you." Yeah, I didn't. I just went on and bought it. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying. It. And it's like, and that's how I would look at got one for you, other, other, other details. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. But and and that's love right there. Yeah, you know? man. No, yeah. man, I appreciate that. And you know, uh, when you do do that, it it sets an example. You know what I mean, like. For people to see that you supporting it, you know what I mean, and mm -hmm. you the homie, you know what yeah. I mean. I could easily talk, and you know who I am. I, I yeah. throw you one, but yeah. uh, it just like man, it, it makes me. Uh, I appreciate that, you know what I mean. It, it's I a mean, thought, it's th it's a thoughtful thing, you know, yeah. to do that. You yeah, know what I mean, because it's like, I, I mean, that's like you know, it, it, if it was your birthday and I buy you like a round of shots or whatnot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I honestly think it's probably more impactful. That's like, yo, you put out some dope merch. I'm about to cop that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So with uh the music stuff going on, like, how are you able to, if you're comfortable sharing this, like, sustain personally? Because, you know, for me, when we were touring and stuff, and we came, every time we would come back home, it's like, reality would be in our face. Yeah. And yeah. everything that we didn't, you know, like, do financially or whatever, <clears throat> from housing to whatever, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a, it was like a big rush of responsibility. Sure. After sure. you live in this whatever dream, right? Yeah. So yeah. how were you able to balance all that or, like, or sustain throughout? Well, it's changed now that I'm older. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember one time our manager booked us a show in Atlanta. 
and we were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He did not book us any shows in between. Ooh. <laughs> was this manager your homie that became a manager? No, he's good people. He's good people. I love him. I love him. Um, we were all learning. Yeah. And uh, we did this tour, and we had to rent a van. You know, gas from Chicago. You guys already missed the rent in a van, man. No. We don't do that, man. We no. just use our mom's car. I know, right, right, right. We, we we did that. And then we got there. But to his credit, he got us on, like, a college radio station in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And the show in Atlanta was dope. Mm. Like, like, we killed it. A lot of fans. It was it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Then we had to drive all the way back to Chicago. Oh. All right. We did not lose any money. Oh. But we netted $1. <laughs> Hey, man, that's that's on the up and up right there. That's on the up and up. Yeah. But I say all that because at that time in my life, that was cool. Yeah. And it's not cool no more. I guess. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I would not be able to sacrifice that much time uh, you just, just for just for, just for for $1. So <laughs> You did better than us. I, yeah, listen, listen. Yeah. At least, like, at least I didn't lose any money, right? Yeah. yeah, we love yeah it, man. it happens. Yeah. So, but that balance is real, though. And uh, it's it's a struggle. I'm not going to front like it's not difficult for me like yeah. in, in in my my day-to-day my current job because um, you know i'm rising in music but also rising in a different realm professionally mm-hmm. and to balance that is difficult and sometimes i have to i feel the weight of um i'm not doing enough for this personal passion right mm-hmm. or like i see the potential of this and i'm not putting enough in that because i'm doing my my day job mm-hmm. but at the same time like i feel fortunate that my day job is I don't look at it as just a day job. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something mm. that fulfills me. So, so yeah, yeah. How, how do you, how would you explain that to other musicians and the importance of like work and it aligning with your passion and even trying to find something like that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I don't even know if I'm the best example because I share think that your there, experience of it, man. There are know? some entrepreneurs that would say like, you gotta. You know, keep that side gig for a while, but then at some point you got to cut the cords and just just do you. You know, mm-hmm. I found myself in a spot. Um, so I'll just name the organization. You know, uh, City Year, mm-hmm. um, where that helped fuel me because the the people that I met were an inspiration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing music, you have to be inspired, mm-hmm. right? So there was a lot of connectivity, and if you listen to my lyrics and the type of music. And the social justice orientation of it, mm-hmm. I mean, City Year works. So, so City Year is a you know is an educational equity nonprofit, and we place full time mentors and tutors in schools to keep kids on track to graduate. Mm. We sit at the intersection of educational equity and racial justice, mm. right? So this is this is something that fuels me as a person, and it fuels me as a musician and as a rapper as well. Like I'm mm. I'm trying to put truth in my lyrics. I'm trying to speak truth to power. And so there's a connectivity to it. Mm. It's stressful as hell, though, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's very difficult to do both. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I question, um, you know, how well I'm doing at both. Mm. You know, like I'll just be very honest about that. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, at the same time, I love it, right? Like mm-hmm. music fuels me, and when I do music, and I prioritize it, I can show up for my job at City Year and be better, and be better for the people that are, you know, I'm responsible for, that are that are looking to me to make decisions and to make sure that we are, you know, still working uh, in schools and helping to keep kids on track to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, like I said, it just goes in a cycle for me. But I don't know, like, I, I can't sit here and say, what does that mean for someone else, mm-hmm. right? Like, at the end of the day, I found something that, you know, kind of interjects and fuels each other. But for other people, it might be, I don't know, just, just get a job, make a lot of money, and then you can 
do what you want to do with that money. Do you or s- you could just like align your passions and just be passionate about what you do. Yeah, like do you see yourself doing another job and still pursuing music or like does it have to be aligned? Well, I think that I found that music is a common denominator. Okay. Like that like music will always be involved, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm performing on stage or just like in the cut, you know, writing lyrics. It just depends. I'm saying with your uh with the city you're joining, like do you see yourself doing another job and then, you know what I mean, like besides yeah. Because I know your job is connected to your passion, and right. you know what I mean? Right, right. Could you see yourself doing a job that wasn't connected to your passion and still doing music? No. Or is that something you've done? Or No, no. It has to be like that. It has to be like that. At le- at least I feel the same way. At least in the way that I'm doing it now. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to just, you know, clock in, clock out at some job and yeah. then turn around and do music. Right. Yeah. You'd die inside a little bit, right? Uh, you, would, you would die inside. Like, it has to fuel each other. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like, real talk, like... Back in the day, like city air folks would come out to my shows. Yeah, that was. I think dope. I heard a little bit about this. <laughs> that was that was dope. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but yeah, you you you. For me, you have to find that connectivity. And I guess to your original question, if that's my advice, like find that synergy, find something that can fuel both ends of your tank. Right now, did your music help you get that job at all? Like, and and, and what it has. Um, I don't think so because no skill sets at all. Like well, the music. No, that- no. I mean, I mean. Okay, as as a performer, mm-hmm. you know, you you build your level to a certain uh, degree of confidence. You learn how to communicate. You learn how to connect with people. These are skills as a musician that have definitely benefited me Huge. in my job. Yeah. But at the same time, kind of going back to when you first met me, mm-hmm. like people are shocked. Mm. And they learn that I can like hop on a stage and like rock a crowd. Yeah, like that's just you know. I don't know. I don't, I don't carry myself I'm like rap it and rap, rap, rap. Yeah. You know, yo, 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 yo. You know, like it's just, there's a duality to it. And mm-hmm. so, but I honestly think I've capitalized on that. People underestimate it. I think people have come out to my shows. I like, love that shit. <laughs> I like, yo, this dude raps. Yeah. <laughs> I, yo, I want to see this. I, yeah, me too, man. Like, I always had this thing where, uh, if you want to walk in the room, even if I'm not right, even if it's not a music setting, people just stop and just look. I don't know they crack a joke or whatever. It's just I've been doing it my whole life, so it's been like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. I know what yeah. you mean, though. For sure. And you definitely own that joint. Yeah. So when you do go to uh, to school to work, like, are you flared a rebel to them at all at, at, on any level, or are you just? Uh, I I think I I think I'm Jeff Schaefer. To that. Jeff Schaefer. Yeah, yeah. But but when people get to know me, they understand that there are other sides to me. And I think that one thing I'm trying to be better at is uh, allowing, being an example of being your authentic self at work. Mm-hmm. And and I'll, I'll say a couple of things about that. Um, you get to choose what authentic self you show. Mm. Right. You don't have to go to work and be all parts of you. You get yeah. to choose. But you get to choose what that is, and it can be authentic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want to be an example of that. Like, yes, I am an education-focused nonprofit. I also rap. I'm a human. I have these opinions. I do this. Mm-hmm. I carry myself in this way. Mm-hmm. I could be in one room with a bunch of donors. Mm-hmm. I could be in one room with old boy and a bunch of rappers. Yeah. And I'm still there. I'm yeah. still me, right? Yeah. And I think that there's power in that. And I, I would I would love for more people to be able to be their authentic selves mm. wherever they show up. And I, I hope to be an example of that. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, people are still surprised that I rap. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So do your students know you rap? Well, and you know, when, when you say students, I want to be clear. Like, you know, the, the folks in my organization are mentors and tutors. They're okay, all okay, 18 okay. to 25. And then they themselves have the students. Ah, okay. I don't want to take credit for I mean, at one point, I was in their shoes. Yeah. But 
but the city year folks, the AmeriCorps members, they're the ones that have the students. You okay, know? okay. I'm not in that position, and that's an honorable role. I don't, yeah. don't want to take their shine because no, they're no, the ones on the front lines. Yeah. Um, so, but my folks in city year, the mentors and tutors, um, no, I mean they don't they don't know that I rap. You mm. know, not not off the bat. I mean, I think that they get to know that over time. Yeah. Uh, maybe and maybe they care. Maybe they don't. I, I don't know. You know. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, they're showing up for a different reason. You're not out there trying to promote handing out flyers. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. I mean, listen. If if people come to my show eventually, that's a dope thing. Yeah. You know? But at the end of the day, it's like you know I, that's that's a little bit too self serving. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. So what are some? Uh, I know you got Woodland Ave. But is there any other things that uh, is coming up or things you're working on now that uh, yeah, you should yeah. be looking out for or checking so, out now? So the dope thing is um, Woodland Ave, the, uh, so people that haven't heard it yet, I mean, look up Child's Play um, and, and, and find our live performance that was at Black and Brown Bookstore. Um, but that was a, you know, a virtual showcase. Mm-hmm. So June 3rd. Friday, June 3rd at Lemonade Park is the first time that Woodland Ave will all be on stage together. Mm. And so I'm excited about this. I mean, this is a really, really dope so outdoor venue. You're going as Woodland Ave. So the way that it's built is Flare the Rebel with Woodland Ave. Okay, okay. And that's intentional because at any moment, I mean, the majority of the songs are my songs. Mm-hmm. But Matt could do Matt Phoenix with Woodland Ave. Uh, okay, and I would okay. back him up. Ryan Marquez could do Ryan Marquez with woodland ave and then we'd all back him okay up. okay i mean that's the difference between like a collective and a band it's convoluted yeah don't, don't worry about it no but, it's cool it's but cool kind of yeah like, yeah I, I, i'm i'm a solo rapper so you educated me <laughs> on this joint so you know what I mean? yeah so anytime you know lauren williams could do like just a bunch of jamiroquai funk solos and yeah. be like lauren williams with, with woodland ave. okay okay <laughs> it just depends on what we want to has do. this been been implemented before in, in like mainstream music i don't know I don't know. I can't Maybe. think of that. Probably. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. Know, I haven't, I'm not thinking about it right now. But yeah. I guess when I think about it, I think of Wu-Tang, which mm. is not the same, right? Because yeah. Wu-Tang was an actual group. Yeah. They were a rap group, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different where you have a bunch of solo artists backing each other up. It's a dope-ass concept, though. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I think that should be more... Um, Comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man. Yeah. Any uh, closing thoughts, man? I mean, I appreciate the Japanese whiskey. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Rathan, man. He uh, blessed that for my birthday, man. Mm-hmm. And he's um, been sipping on it ever since, man. Yeah, Lauren and I have had many, um, or not many, we had one big debate mm, about yeah. Japanese whiskey. And uh, we, we, we got a gift card and we were trying to decide what to buy with it. Yeah. We ended up going with Japanese whiskey, but it was uh, it took a long time to get there. Yeah, what was the uh, the bait? Um, well, I think that my side of the story was if if I have a gift card, if I have like just new money that I wasn't expecting, yeah, let me buy something that I wouldn't normally get. Okay, and I didn't own a bottle of Japanese whiskey. Yeah, so I was like, well, let me spend that on that. Whereas uh, Lauren, her side of the story was. Let's use this on something that we know that we like. Yeah. Which is honestly like, now that I'm reflecting on it, it's, it's a very true thing about our marriage. And I think yeah. that we balance our, yeah. each other out in that regard. Yeah. But, you know, uh, she, she, you know, 
conceded that we can get the Japanese whiskey. I, we spent a lot of time. I, I think that the people, the the people at the register, were like, "What is wrong with this couple?" Oh, it would happen at the register. <laughs> I mean, like we we had a bottle of sweet vermouth. And then it was whiskey, <laughs> and then it was scotch, and then it was Poor beer. Cashier. You know, and they're like, "What? Like, what we are don't they get doing?" Paid enough for this, but but like I had this like weird mental thing, and this I can actually bring it back to music because uh, I have two albums that I bought because I had a gift card. Okay, one was Jay Z's Black album. Okay, now I I love Jay Z. He's actually one of my favorite rappers okay. of all time. But before the Black Album, he went through a period where I wasn't really messing with him that much. Uh-huh. And I think it was because of the Nas beef, because I was like on Nas' side. Oh, man. You know, yeah. now, now, like. I can see you yeah, choosing Nas. Yeah, too. yeah. And so when I got this gift card to Best Buy, you know, way back in the day, no mm-hmm. one gets gift cards to Best Buy anymore. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me go ahead and buy something I wouldn't buy. I bought yeah. the Black Album. And I was like, damn. Jay Z's amazing. <laughs> oh wow! So you've been sprung ever since. Yeah, yeah. So I've had this concept of like when you get new, when you get like random new money, new, new money, new things. Like get something new. Don't yeah. get what you've always expected. You know, I introduce see. yourself to something new. Yeah, yeah. And for for us, it was Japanese whiskey. So Did you I, enjoy it? Oh well, we actually haven't really even popped the bottle yet. Oh like, dang! It was so expensive that like we were waiting for a good time. Yeah. So uh, since you have like you know indulged me in yours, yeah, I think if you come through, you've deserved. You oh know, yeah, a, Don't, I'm a on a couple it. drinks of our Japanese whiskey. Yeah, man, you're gonna regret it. Cause I'm gonna be like, hey man, yeah, yeah, one. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And Jay Z now has like lyrics about drinking Japanese whiskey. Does he? Yeah, man. What so song I, was that? I mean, it, I think it was on that song um, with with Nas. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, his, like, his, like his newest joint. Like one, bro. his newest joint. I don't even yeah. think I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, I think DJ Khaled put that together. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be a Yeah, I can't remember the lyrics, so I can't quote it. But uh, anyway, yeah, so clearly I'm just as cool as Jay-Z because I drink Japanese whiskey. That's dope, though. Bottom line. I'm looking forward to cracking that open with you, man. No doubt, man. I do appreciate you coming through, man. I, I hope uh, we can do another one, man. And maybe uh, Woodland and I have come through, too. Oh, man. for sure, man. And, oh, boy, man, I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your, your your 16 bars of hotness on Happy Clouds. <laughs> I mean, Happy Clouds, is, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people. I've met people that look at me and like, oh, you the Bob Ross flow dude. You know? And <laughs> Yo, I, that, and it, that Bob Ross picture, man, that was classic, man. I love yeah. what it was going to do with it. It was, it was hilarious, but... You came on and amplified that song. Yo, so you know, I appreciate I, you. For I that. appreciate you checking me on that one because I'm, man, I'm the worst. Like that's why I kind of wanted to ask you about how you balance, you know, uh, your work and music and uh, even with me. It's like I don't, I haven't put out a lot of music because I'm kind of in the in between realm, right? And yeah, like yeah. I'm caught between. Fuck it, you a rapper. Say whatever the fuck you want. Like it don't matter what people think your intentions are. Nah, it does like, matter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So now it's like, yo, you gonna have to uh, get right. So I'm glad. I'm glad because nobody really pulled me to the side. But hey, man, yeah, yeah. you got you got to think about that, man. We don't say And I'm glad. I'm glad, man. I appreciate it. You know. Yeah, it's all love. Man. But yeah, man. Shoot. Hopefully, uh, yeah, Will and Nav comes next, man, and let's get it popping, man. You're the first live interview we had so uh, uh, yeah man uh, breaking them in oh, yeah man <laughs> yo man peace out thanks Much for love. tuning in y'all hope uh, y'all were able to pull some gems out of that man so no one doubt. love y'all no doubt peace that was it ah.